Hi, I'm Ayelet Marinovich. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. Each episode, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, outline some insight about early development, and talk about life as a parent or caregiver in these early years of parenthood. This series is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please follow your child's lead. Many of our episodes are recorded with a live virtual audience and followed by question and answer workshops with our guests. To be part of the next live workshop, you can join the Strength in Words Community Lab by heading to community.strengthinwords.com. I am a mother of two young children and a pediatric speech-language pathologist. I specialize in work with very young children, but this is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under close adult supervision. For a more complete story of Strength in Words, Please listen to my introduction episode or visit my website, strengthandwords.com. If you enjoy this episode, I do hope you'll take just a minute of your time to leave a review on iTunes. This allows us to reach more families and share our values of education, simplicity, and respect when it comes to early learning and early parenthood. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to Ayalet, hello to the singers, hello, 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 hello to the babies, hello to the toddlers, hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name, hello to your name, hello, 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 everybody, hello, everybody, hello, hello, hello. Today we are speaking with Julia Lindstedt, who together with Megan Lingo is one half of the brains behind Kid Art Lit. Let's give her a special welcome. Hello to Julia and hello to Megan. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to all our new friends. Hello to all our old friends. Hello, hello, hello. One last time. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. Welcome to episode 60 of the Strength in Words podcast. Today I am speaking with Julia Lindstedt, one half of the founding team of Kid Art Lit. Julia and her business partner, Megan, who came onto the Strength in Words podcast in a previous episode speaking about wordless picture books, they are both longtime educators in the San Francisco Bay Area. They met at a local mom's group when they were both struggling to reconnect with their passions while raising awesome kids. They believe that everyone is born an artist and that a good story can be powerfully transformational. Their goal is to make it easy for families to ignite creativity and a love of reading in their children. Oh, Julia, thanks for being here. Welcome to Strength and Words. 
so much, Islet. I'm so excited to be here and to talk to you today. Well, I have asked you to come onto the show today to speak about process art and the unique spin that you and Megan have taken in your pairing of early artistic endeavors and early literacy. But first, I'd love to hear just a little bit about you, what brought you to the kind of work you and Megan are doing today, and then why why are you so passionate about it? Okay, great. Yes, I'd be happy to share. Actually, I have a degree in English education, and so I've always been a, a really lover of books. Totally. <laughs> that like my background is actually in theater me and too that, that's right oh yes that's right so you know, I mean I feel like that's like a really wonderful foundation for any development of art since it encompasses everything right it's got the movement it's got the voice it's got the the visual effect of it all and when I graduated from college or anything I, I started actually working with a lot of different alternative educational groups and youth development groups and that kind of guided me into becoming and using more and more of like art education in these different ways to really connect with children and help them connect with these other subjects that they were working on and, and doing and so that kind of over time formed into its own thing and I eventually once I had my own kids was looking for classes for them that were arts-based that were open-ended a lot of the stuff that I had been doing in like outdoor education programs and things like that and I couldn't find any so yeah. I decided took a leaf out of the artful parent and I was like she started you know a little art group in her backyard I thought I can do that so uh, we started doing that with a mom's group and from there I had it was just like that little seed that planted of like doing these open-ended experiences with very young children and with my own and kind of having that time and space to to do that was just it was eye-opening from that educational standpoint and to see the growth in these young children with their families doing these art, art activities in tandem and connecting them through storytelling and movement and singing and just watching these kids just grow and these families really grow through that creative love yeah. uh, then spun me off into doing more and becoming more of an arts educator and becoming a, a really big advocate for families to integrate creativity into their daily lives because of the difference it can make in their experience of connecting deeply with their kids. And, uh, and so that's kind of my background and it led, uh, led into Megan and me bumping into each other and our, our kind of our worlds colliding because we were doing these kind of tandem ways of approaching things. And even though mine intended to be, it led with art in a lot of ways. There's a lot of, of story and literacy base in the background. And Megan was doing a lot of leading with literacy, right? But there's a lot of arts and creativity that was in the background of what she was doing. Yeah. And so when we connected, it was just like, this makes sense. It's like two puzzle pieces coming together. Boom. Yeah. Right. And it's so funny how you're describing this because I feel like, and we were talking about this just before we went live, but all three of us are doing very similar things, just coming at it from a different angle. And it's always so fun to meet other people who have those beliefs of the power of experiences for early childhood education and connecting families together with each other. It's just, I love what you guys are doing and I can't wait to explore it now more with everybody else. So that was sort of a bit of the inspiration behind what you guys are doing now, which is Kid Art Lit. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that happened and what that boom, mind-blown moment was like for you guys. Yeah, it was one of those things 
where, you know, stuff just starts to happen. And I feel like when something or somebody shows up in your life, like multiple times, it's, it's like, Hey, you need to like pay attention to yeah. this. I, at the time was working for a play cafe as their arts educator. And wow. so I would show up there. We'd set up all these different experiential learning environments for, for these little ones to do a lot of different hands-on creative sensory experiences. And I was on a local mom's group and Megan posted something in there that she was interested in finding out from other moms like hey I'm wanting to look open up this play cafe over in the town that I live in and I was like oh my gosh that'd be amazing <laughs> and she had this like servant because one I was driving pretty far to get to this other one and I was like oh if you open one <laughs> Where I live, I can, like, drive down the street. But I also, because I've worked with one, I had a really good sense of, like, what that industry was like and how that business format goes. And I was like, you guys should chat. Like, if you're, you know, like, talk to the owner of this one so you can kind of really see what this is like. So I connected those two. And then Megan and I kind of stayed in touch after that just because it was kind of interesting. And we also connected on Instagram. I really think Instagram was kind of the real incubator of where we got to kind of just show each other what we were all about. We got to kind of you know how it is you kind of like sneak around so like what are you doing and what is <laughs> what's this what, guy what's up your to real philosophy here yeah and uh we did something called a freaky friday where we swapped instagram accounts oh, and goodness. so she came onto mine and, and we posted like three different books that kind of celebrate creativity and then i posted three different art projects that either went with a book or inspired storytelling in some way Amazing. that was art-based and the reactions we got were huge. Our audiences both were just like, they just were so hungry for that. And we realized that we were both telling kind of a one-sided story of something. And at a, I think it was on a play date, because we started to like hang out and do some play dates together. Nice. Once we realized we lived in the same town. And <laughs> I was like, we're So right? fortuitous. It's crazy. It's really crazy. And it was on a play date when we were chatting about some things, like how we could do take what I was doing with these different art experiences and take what she was doing in this, you know, online literacy realm and what she had done for a long time with classroom teachers and could bring that home for families because we both were doing it at home and seeing really great results with our own kids. And we were both like, maybe it could be a literary magazine. Like, that's what we thought. Like, okay, let's make this literary magazine. And then we were like, okay, what do we do with it? Like, we made it and we had this glorious little thing. So we decided to just share it with our Instagram followers and just give it away and say, you know, try this out. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. We got a lot of feedback, which was they loved it. They loved, you know, this combo of art and, and books. I mean, I mean, that's been around for eons, but I feel like bringing this concept of really connecting into the literacy development and really figuring out how to yeah. connect to that process-oriented open-ended art was kind of a different way of approaching this. And that's what people want. I mean, that's what I've yeah. wanted as a parent. That's what all of, you know, the Strength and Words audience is also all about. I mean, all parents want is, I mean, we can read a blog post, an entire book, right. and still feel like I, okay, I don't, I still don't know what to do. You know, I, maybe I understand a little bit more about the background, but how do I apply it right now? So that's exactly right. what you guys are doing. And it's, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's like, it's so simple. It's really funny because that's what we ended up with, with people being like, we love it. This is what we want. But like, please don't send me to the craft store. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, okay. Yes, exactly. We don't have enough time to do all that. Yeah. yeah. And then others were like, we love the library. Don't send me to the library. I've got four kids. Like, please don't send me to the library. Right. We're like, okay. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is not what I expected. And Megan and I were both like, 
what is going on here? And <laughs> it took us a while to process all that because we weren't sure. We were so excited. You know, like you create something, you're like, look at this shiny, beautiful thing. And it, I mean, it feels like a baby in a lot of ways. And it's not like it was an ugly baby. It was a really cute baby we, we created. But like, no such thing. No such thing. <laughs> no such thing. Exactly. But it was one of those things where like, this isn't being received quite the way that we mm. anticipated, which is a really good learning curve to figure out, like, exactly. listen to your audience, right? But somebody said, we would do this if, if you gave us all the supplies and you gave us the book. <laughs> and then we might make that happen. Like, we might actually do this. And we're like, okay, what's that? And Megan's like, because she's real, like, with it. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, Julia, that's a subscription box. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, Okay. Great. Well, how do we do that? <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Which led to the rest of this entire experience, adventure. Well, yeah. I, I mean, this is awesome. And people, uh, we are absolutely, obviously, linking in the show notes to Kid Art Lit, where you can learn everything about Kid Art Lit and their incredible subscription boxes, which is so cool. We love them. But I think we want to hear also, we've heard a little bit about this beautiful melding of art and literacy. So let's hear what is process art. A lot of people have heard this term. Some people have never heard this term. What is process art? And how can even, like you said, our youngest sort of infants and toddlers partake in it? Well, so process art for me has always been, it's the process, right? It's the experience of doing these things together. It's not having that end product in mind necessarily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's actually approaching art in a very scientific way in a lot of, at least that's how I've always looked at it. It's like, here are these materials. Here is the child. I'm going to give these to you. And I'm going to not be in on top of this and trying to like do this for you. But I'm going to stand back and really be that guide on the side and let you explore, discover, have those experiences of finding out like, ooh, that's slippery or ooh, that's rough, you know, and and then kind of have giving that space. And I feel like that's part of process art's about is providing space and time for children to be able to just explore yeah. and make on their own terms. And I feel like as an art educator, it's our job to find some really cool things for these kids to interact with. I mean honestly though they love sticks and dirt and things. <laughs> Yeah, it, it can happen in so many different varieties and ways, but it can also be an incredible learning tool and avenue for other connections that can be created for young children. That's so what process cool. art is to me. It's just, it's this whole, I, and I always say to people, it's like for my own philosophy and kind of why I love that this box, it, it's chaos in a fixed structure. Nice. So it's like <laughs> we hold the space, we hold the structure, and then we put the children there and we say, it's safe, take the risks that you want to take, go for it. Lovely. We're here if you need us. That's great because you are. You're there, you're present, you're together. And it's this like run wild young child. Yes, it's great. Right. All right. So let's just take a brief break to hear a word from our sponsors. And then we're going to hear a few tips and resources from Julia about her favorite ways to pair process art with early literacy activities. And then some additional resources that she recommends to families interested in seeking out resources about that topic or we were not meant to parent in isolation the strength in words community lab brings you peace of mind you have what matters when you need it most we are your parenting brain trust the place where you can have adult conversations about your baby's babbling and where you're lifted up rather than bogged down if you're a parent or caregiver with an infant and or toddler we are both an early parent support and parent education hub 
We're a group of families connected by the shared experience of early parenthood and strong believers in the notion that co-parenting in a positive, nurturing environment can make us each stronger. The Community Lab is an all-in-one resource that is not one-size-fits-all. Join us in finding joy in the mayhem at community.strengthandwords.com. Okay, Julia, let's hear those tips. What are some of your sort of favorite tips and strategies that you like to use to encourage families when introducing art activities and or early literacy activities to little ones? Well, okay, so my tip number one is to have these tools available in your home. So Mm. having books and having art materials in your home and accessible to your children and having them in an area where you are able to be attentive to them while they are exploring these different things. But there are some different, uh, different pieces that you can have to introduce right away. And I was actually going to say, we have a whole resource guide that Megan and I created that I thought maybe we could link into. Absolutely. We will put it in the show notes for sure. Because that would give you a lot. We go into a whole detail as to like, you know, different things you can pull in there and put together. Can you give us a couple of examples of the kinds of like art materials that you might not, not that this is a be all end all guide. This is, you know, a couple of things you might throw out there for us. Sure. So for like really young, young children, I actually really think like having things like colorful blocks and toys that have these different colors on them, like that are in the realm of that rainbow spectrum are really great to have, uh, to use so they can do patterning and ordering and things like that. And then, you know, 3d construction is, is something that's really quite important for them to play with. I always think having a big tub, like, I don't know, like a Tupperware tub type of thing, you can pour stuff into for them to explore, whether that be flour, baking soda and some vinegar, even just water with a few different toys that you then can have them play with droppers and put things in. Those are some of like my go-tos for very young children. And then as they move into that preschool time, that's when we start to introduce things like different types of crayons. I mean, I really do like the bigger, chunkier crayons that they can use. That's always really fun. Rollers are a really fun thing Mm. to have in there. And then honestly, anything from your recycling bin is just like one of the best things that you can use. Bubble wrap and, you know, cardboard tubes. And when they get a little bit older, introducing that washi tape can just be hours of, of absolute fun. And that's something that we wouldn't necessarily include in our art cart or our art place, but that's something that I feel like I can stick over there. I don't have to worry so much about them exploring that on their own. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like I have to always be present necessarily, but it's also something fun that I can dive into with them. Uh, so that's some some ideas of things that you can put in there. But I think everyone is is set if you have some paper, you have some crayon, you have some a, like a little watercolor set, and if you have some sort of way for them to do some sort of imprinting of stamping, moving from some sort of image transfer to another, since that's always something magical for for young children. Yeah. But yeah. those are kind of my go-tos there. Yeah, and I think, you know, some of those things, like in the beginning, what you were talking about, like literally colorful blocks, yes. I mean, those are brilliant tools in general for play. And I love that you include them in art activities. Like that is in a way that is an art activity. You are exposing a child to color. And I think just similar to a recent um, podcast episode we had with Kayla O'Neill, who is from Parenting Expert to Mom. She spoke all about tips about early literacy experiences. And, you know, (laughs) 
everything is early literacy, just Absolutely. like everything is art, just like everything is sensory, just like everything yeah. is music, you know? Again, like I cannot stress this enough and I say it, I think almost every time on the Strength and Words podcast, early childhood, zero to three at least, those first years are a period of holistic learning when we are exposing our children to all kinds of different types of experiences they are integrating everything together, right? They're synthesizing information in every which way. And a fine motor activity is also a cognitive activity, is also a communication activity. We layer upon layer all this information and all these experiences, and that's how they learn. That's how they play. So I love that you, I mean, really what it comes down to and what I'm noticing you talking about are these are open-ended experiences. That's the key, yeah. right? It is the key because I feel like, well, and I, I don't feel research-based, right? Yeah. It's like the more that you provide these types of manipulatives for your young children, yeah. I mean, they're going to make these connections on their own. And it's it just depends on where it happens and when. And so when they're very little... I always talk about like those early childhood years, like you're trying to help them make connections to see how they fit into the world of their family, yeah. right? And like how they really, how they matter. And how and that's why doing art activities that are tandem with your child, where they are contributing to it with you is so important. Mm-hmm. And they can then see their place within their family. And then as they get older, you start giving them more tools and more experiences that are art-based that they can see how they're then relating to like their local area. Then they can expand that and see how they relate to the world at large. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm always like, with very young children, I, we don't do as much with like art history <laughs> because they're, they're still trying to figure out like, well, I'm, I'm a sister in a, in a family of five. What does that mean? Like, how does that work for me? And really, it's like if they're able to then take these activities and kind of explore and see how that relates to everything else, then they're going to be able to make those connections to art history later on. It's yeah. all going to just come together. Yeah. But I was going to say, like, we – I just want to show you this because I, I feel like this integrates it really well. This is for our most recent box, but all of our boxes have this ready, set, go in it where it's this idea of a warm-up. Yeah. And we're doing hand kites this month, and so it's just to play with color – to put things on, to you know, play with these really fun textures, and then to give the kids something to actually like, do in their bodies, so that they're then interacting with this concept of of visual movement, yes. and that visual movement of art. That art doesn't just have to be something you create on a page. And it, for all those people who are listening to the podcast, tell us what you're holding up, Julia. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm holding up um, the little bag, and it's got all of the materials in it to create these little wooden hand kites so they come with two wooden rings that are solid wood and then these beautiful silk ribbons that you tie on and it's it's an early tying experience and figuring out how to loop things through a uh, a circle nice so and, and that's I, something that they can hold yes exactly i love this kind of stuff too because your kid art lit kits are technically for like the preschool and above age yes. but something like that and all of these open-ended materials again and these beautiful books and any kind of process art is absolutely applicable to our infants and toddlers as well and they are just going to be using them at a different level it doesn't mean that they can't interact with them I mean a hand kite like that a literally a wooden circle and some ribbon is a an amazing toy for an infant like that's great they can mouth it they can hold it up. You can hold it above them and dangle the ribbons. Like 
That's awesome. So for anyone who's listening who has, you know, say a preschooler and an infant or just a, say, 11-month-old and above, like such great ideas. All of these kinds of ideas that Julia's talking about can absolutely be applied to all age groups in that early set. All right, let's hear a few other tips. You've got all kinds of gold for us, I know. <laughs> well, our other thing, like Megan and I always talk about how to make books accessible. So having them around your home in little book baskets and things so that children can, can go in and, and get them. And then having them there uh, and kind of having a library that you can pull from. I'm a, I'm a really lazy book mom, to be honest. Like, I don't rotate things as often as I should. I kind of let my children do it. There is no should, Julia. I, right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, there's not. <laughs> so, but we, you know, I always have found that having these little nooks around our home that have books in them have really lent to just these little quiet moments of my kids, you know, sitting there and opening and exploring because a book in itself is an exploration of, of art in so many ways of looking at the, the way that the words come together on a page and looking at how the images tell that story, whether or not your child can read. It's, it's something that they can really build upon themselves. So scattering them around your home and in a contained way yeah. is is something that we've always found and have advocated for. Uh, and that, you know, the more that you have in your home, the, the just, it just starts to come more naturally for your children mm-hmm. to really connect in to reading. Yeah. yeah. That interest in books. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Yes. Books everywhere. Yes. And then let's see. So I had one other one, mm-hmm. which was that in a lot of ways, working with process art with your kids, I know that for a lot of parents that this can cause a lot of uh, that feeling of overwhelm. <laughs> like, oh, I got to like set this all up and I need to put these things out and how am I going to do this? And yeah. I just, you know, I always want to say like, you are enough. You, you are really what your child needs. That's really what they are, are seeking uh, is that eye contact, that time on your lap of connecting and then sitting with you and working through something together and, and providing that little that space. And it doesn't have to be anything big. It can yeah. be a, a small space you clear on your dining room table for a moment. It can be a space on your patio outside that art can happen anywhere at any time and that you don't have to have a whole full cabinet of things to do this with your kids. You can go take a walk walk outside and go on a, you know, search for, for colors and hunt for them together. And that there's so many ways to integrate these things and these great literacy, learning and, you know, art development just by being in existence together. I love and that's, it. Really, that's really what they're craving. Right. And so, but we find that families can feel very overwhelmed by this, like, Oh, again, that with that should, right. Oh, I should do this and I should do yeah. that. And, and that's where this, this, our kid art with boxes come into play. It's like when you feel so overwhelmed, it's like, okay, it just shows up. You do it when it makes sense to you, but really in all honesty it's like feel free to connect with your kids in these ways whenever you want Uh, it's it's always available (laughs) Mm -hmm. we just want to make if you're looking for something that's a way to broaden this perspective or if it's not your Mm -hmm. cup of tea because it's Mm -hmm. not everyone's Mm -hmm. this makes it easier but that you can easily do this in your home on a regular basis with again those rainbow blocks yeah, I love the basket that. Of books. <laughs> it's great. I think your what I love about your kid art lip boxes are the fact that they are simply that. It's like here, here is an example of what you can do now with all these materials and from all those materials and the guide that we're giving you in order to understand all the different ways that you can use these materials, go forth and think about ways that you can use the other materials that are also in your home all the time. It's great. All the time. Love it. 
All right. So can you share with us some of your favorite resources for families who'd like to learn more in general about these kinds of early literacy experiences and process art and things like that? I have two books that I'm going to share, just some titles. Uh, They may be familiar with your your audience, but the Read Aloud Handbook by Jim Trelease is a really good one. It's like, it's a parenting guide of using literacy to to really educate and to raise your kids the other one that just came out is the read aloud family by sarah mckenzie it's Mm. brand new it's got a whole list of ways to really integrate reading and literacy into your daily life with your children Mm -hmm. and she gives a lot of really great book lists and things like that too and then and then for resources for bringing in more art i mean i would say you know that's a good spot to yeah start but then in a general too i direct you to several different blogs but then i do find that sometimes that can be a little a little overwhelming I really would say that Barbara Rusi's book, if you look up Barbara Rusi, she's Art Bar, she's got the Art Bar blog, she has her new her newest book that came out last year, is really wonderful, and it gives you a lot of really open-ended experiences for young children, that in case you're, you're ever in a rut, you're like, I don't know what to do with you today, like, let me pull this open, and you can really go from there, and a lot of them are things that you have from around your home, and it's a, they're applicable for very young children, up to probably, I'd say, well, I don't know, a lot of them they can go all the way through upper elementary. So that's an incredible resource. Art Bar, yeah, she's got her finger on on all that, especially for that early childhood development side of things. Well, we've had, just because we've had a few people in the chats asking exactly like, okay, well, what is the age group that Kid Art Lip Boxes are most appropriate for? And again, just to say, like, as we have illustrated, many of the things that are in those boxes are for an even wider age that Julie is about to say, but... When you created these boxes, what was the sort of intended target market age? It's ages three to about seven. Okay. So it's that mid to late preschool to kindergarten, Mm -hmm. first half of first grade. Very nice. Awesome. Well, Julia, thank you so much. And thank you to all of our community lab members who are here listening live. We are going to continue the discussion and open up for a Q&A session for you guys in just a minute. But for everyone listening from home or on the go, thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye to the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, Ayala. Goodbye to Julia. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. The Strength in Words podcast brings you information, tips, and resources about all things early parenthood and early childhood, the place to synthesize add information, share your struggles and concerns, and add your own ideas and experiences is the Strength in Words community lab. Head to community.strengthinwords.com and request to join today. Do you like the hello and goodbye songs we feature on each episode? You can find those and a whole host of other songs on our Strength in Words Music for Families album, available for purchase straight from our website at strengthinwords.com backslash music for families or on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Digital Music. If you haven't yet done so, please do leave a review of the Strength in Words podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. And after you've done that, go ahead and share Strength in Words with a friend or colleague. See you next time.